You're listening to the Emetics Mind Podcast. To keep up with all things Emetics Mind, feel free to follow me over on Instagram at Emetics Mind or check out my website, www.emeticsmind.com. And if you'd like to contribute to my work, feel free to donate over on patreon.com forward slash Emetics Mind. Or you can make a one-time donation over at emeticsmind.com on the donate page. Thank you for your support, your listenership, and your patronage. Now, let's get into this episode of Emetics Mind. Welcome to a medic's mind. So, uh, anybody who is from Canada is likely suffering beneath the crippling embrace of this polar vortex, uh, that is gripping our nation currently. Uh, I've seen some incredibly, uh, crazy videos online, uh, coming out of Alberta, uh, coming out of other Western provinces and the East as well, uh, for those of you who are not Canadian, so right now we're, we're living through temperatures, right? I'm looking out at my temperature uh, gauge right now, negative 22 degrees centigrade, uh, which is roughly what, like negative seven or negative eight degrees Fahrenheit. So it's cold, man. It's cold. It's really cold this morning. I had the fireplace going. Uh, hopefully that'll heat things up here soon. I apologize about the voice, the morning voice. Uh, I I woke up kind of early today. Um, couldn't really sleep. I, I just randomly woke up at around 4, 4.30 and then decided uh, to try and go back to bed. It didn't work out in my favor. And so now I decided to uh, record the preamble to this episode of Emetic's Mind, which is episode 194. I'm inching ever closer to that, uh, you know, fabled 200 mark, uh, 200 episodes of the Emetic's Mind podcast in just over two years time. Uh, speaking of that though, speaking of two years time, so uh, I've been going for uh, two years and uh, three months. I think uh, we're December, January, yeah, two, two years and three months. And in that time, I have amassed 39,400 total listens. So I'm inching ever closer to 40,000 listens. So that is huge. I want to thank you guys for that. Uh, your support is, uh, is out of this world. Uh, I'm deeply humbled and appreciative, uh, that you guys, um, have made the podcast, uh, what it is. Um, speaking of what it is, uh, listen notes. If you go to listennotes.com and you type in the Emetics Mind podcast, you will see that I am ranked out of over a million podcasts out of over almost 2 million podcasts podcast that they have collected worldwide, I am ranked in the top 5% of those podcasts. That is insane. That's insane. And that is 
that I I can't do anything other than thank you guys for your support on that. Uh, because that that is honestly that's the only reason I'm ranked there is because of you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, blown away. Um, so uh, yeah, the episode. Um, geez, my voice is failing me this morning. I feel like I'm gonna cough. Oh my goodness. Uh, the episode I have. Um, last week I I got some news, and uh, and it was pretty jarring. And, uh, and it took me a little bit to process, but it's complex. The news I got is complex in that, uh, the, the news itself, the reality of the news itself is that it doesn't change anything. And, and yet at the same time, it was really jarring to, to receive. And so I found myself sort of sat in contemplation of that juxtaposition between the fact that nothing changes and that my, um, emotional, uh, being, uh, was, was completely taken aback by the news that I received. So I did what I always do and I wrote some stuff down and it, uh, ended up becoming a blog post. It's over to medicsmind.com. If you'd like to head over and read that, if you have read it, this is the audio version of that blog. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, again, doing audio stuff is one of the ways that, that really helped me, um, you know, add a, a, a layer of, of control over the things that bother me because I, I get to have an element of not only creativity, but also, um, some mastery over the pacing of things. And I find that when it comes to things that bother us emotionally, um, you know, pacing is a huge thing because sometimes things spiral out of control so fast that when I do these sort of things, when I do the writing, when I do the uh, the sound added, the uh, the music, the score, the the things that I, I put into the podcast, it helps me control the pacing. And I find when I control the pacing, it also gives me time to sit and control my thought pattern with respect to it. But it it stops me from from you know sitting in those deep ruminative. Uh, prolonged periods where I'm just still and uh, sort of weighted beneath the heft of of everything that I'm that I'm going through or everything that I'm thinking about. So um, this has been an incredibly helpful tool for me, and and this uh, this particular uh, episode is no different. This particular episode really um, really helped me kind of come to terms with uh, how I feel about the news that I received. So, uh, without further ado, I'm just going to play it for you. It's episode 194. I've called this one The Word. I hope you guys take something away from it. I hope you guys are staying warm, as warm as you can be. For those of you on the front lines, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for your sacrifices, and thank you for your service. Um, Be well, be safe, and above all else, keep talking to each other. This is episode 194, The Word. The other day I received some news. It shook me for a moment, causing a stillness to overtake me. Words can be a powerful thing. Within their circles, arches and lines, whether uttered or written, they hold within them the power to craft elation or engender agonizing deflate. With that spectrum in mind, 
the words I received were much closer to the latter of the two. At the start of last year, my sister died, suddenly and without warning. One minute we had known her to be alive and upright. The next, the next left my siblings and I reeling beneath a suffocating disbelief. Fast forward to a little over a year and into the present day, a sickening return of that insufferable disbelief returns to me. It was carried in on a word. My other sister, the eldest in the family, messaged us in a group chat. The news we had been waiting on for over a year's time had finally arrived. The cause of death for our dearly departed sister. I read the screen and my eyes became trapped by a single solitary word. Suicide. My sister's death had been ruled a suicide by pseudominophen toxicity. Death by Tylenol. I sat down for a moment without any direction of what to do next. My logic brain clashed with my emotionality. Part of me knew that this really changes nothing, and that my sister is no more gone nor alive based on this news. The other part of me hiccuped and choked on the word, suicide. If this was to be true, if what the coroner was relaying to us was the reality of my sister's circumstance, then it meant that not only had we lost our dear mother to suicide, but our sister, too. All in under three years' time. I hate suicide. A somewhat superfluous statement, I'm sure. But when I was a working medic, suicide was part of the stock and trade of being in my profession, both with respect to the calls we would respond to and the comrades we buried. For a time in my life, suicide seemingly pervaded every aspect of my living disposition. I can't inform you of how many suicide notes that I've read, not because it is classified or top secret, but rather because I simply cannot recall with any reliable accuracy how many there have been. For some time, it seemed like every goddamn shift I went on, I would read at least one. I'm sure this can't be accurate, but it's likely not far from the truth either. My sister was a truly beautiful person. She cared more about the world and those around her than she ever did for herself. And though a lot of times her efforts fell short of where she likely wanted them to be, her intentions were always pure of heart. This, I can assure you. I miss my sister's laugh. She had a one in a million cackle that was as contagious as it was unique. Her fiery red hair matched with blissful synchronicity to her at times pugnacious personality. I will, however, say that it was undoubtedly that fight within her that let her survive for as long as she did. My sister lived a very hard life. She was not gifted privilege nor opulence. She was burdened with crippling ownership of heinous trauma and torment. The loss of our mother and the matter of which she died plagued my sister. I know this because she told me. Through drunken timber, she explained how she missed our mom. How she wished she would have just reached out for help. Asked somebody. I agreed with her over the phone as we reminisced on some of my mother's more comedic quirks and traits to combat her sadness. I didn't know it at the time. 
but this was to be one of the last conversations I would ever have with my big sis, Lisa. There are many judgments, misconceptions, and misunderstandings about what suicide is and what it means. For those left behind, it is easy and completely normal to become angry and dismissive towards the very notion of suicide and its working parts. In my own personal journey, suicide has become a topic of nuance and layered complexity as opposed to the overly simplistic prism I once gawked through. I choose to believe that my sister's death was an accident, that she never set out to find an end. But that is merely another prism of which I choose to view this horrendous situation through, a somewhat selfish way at engendering a form of comfort. Because at the end of the day, the only person who could refute or confirm for us the legitimacy behind the word and how it relates to her is the one person who now cannot. And so the burden of dissection and understanding is left to us, the ones left behind. I used to think of suicide as an abhorrently selfish thing. In some ways, I believe thinking this way was what helped me navigate the murky depths of my career as a medic, responding from one suicide to the next. If I got lost in the sadness of it all, I would never have been able to show up for my next shift. This was, however, an extremely myopic viewpoint and one prone to rational deflation of its merit. My illusion and judgment of suicide was brought into question on one cold January morning. In 2015, a man I held great reverence for was pronounced dead by way of suicide in the back of an ambulance. Paramedic Greg Turner. I spent the better part of an alcohol-fueled bender trying to label Greg as selfish a way of mitigating the hurt. Thing is, Greg was one of the least selfish people to have ever walked the craggy hills of this planet. I got lost in many a bottle trying to come to terms with what happened to Greg. And then, 2017 happened. My mother died by way of the same fate. Suicide. And prior to her death, it was I that wanted to end it all. I even stood atop of an overpass coaxing myself closer to the edge. I did this because I was in pain. Eventually, I found myself in a therapist's chair. We discussed all manner of things, and it was in that weighted colloquy that a revelation was born. Suicide is not selfish. Suicide is not rational or cohesive. Suicide is a side effect of pain. A wounded animal will chew through its own leg or tail to free itself from a torturous capture device. Even though by doing so most certainly ensures death in the wild, it will do so anyway so as to be free from the pain. Humans, much like their animal counterparts, sometimes find themselves in traps of various forms. And at times, they seem inescapable to the wounded mind. When I look at things through the sphere of survival or relief, the conceptualization that suicide is selfish becomes increasingly more difficult to justify. And when I catalog those I have known that have fallen victim to the venom of depression and disease, it becomes near to impossible to levy such a descriptor upon someone. Suicide is tragic. Suicide is confusing. Suicide is unfathomable to most. Suicide is pernicious, nefarious, and vile but I am simply no longer able to say that suicide is selfish. If I were to do that, 
it would be I that would feel selfish. Because I would only be doing so through the protection that simplicity of judgment grants me. And then it no longer focuses on them, but rather solely on me and my feelings. And I feel that to be a disservice to those I have loved and lost. I spoke of the letters that I have read, unable to recall the number of them, but the theme within them, that I recall just fine. And it is one of sadness, hopelessness, and despair. None of those words equate to selfish for me. They do, however, give context to the irrationality of an injured mind. My sister, I miss you. I do not care what title is attached to the slip of paper explaining your death. To me, that is irrelevant and subjective. The unquestionable truth is that I miss you, and I will continue to miss you for the remainder of my days spent grazing along this life of mine. You were a beautiful woman, Lisa, and that is the only descriptor I will ever know you by. Rest well and fly high. For now, you are free from the trap. See you around someday. Your little brother, Maddie.
Cause that's my everyday 